This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast and coming to you from West London in the Georgia Fourth Pub. It's the, uh, well, I don't know, there's a bit of singing going on, in fact, you know. We're waiting for the well, for, for a couple of our guests to come back, actually, because they, they've been on stage singing in the open mic night in the Georgia Fourth Wednesday night. Absolutely teething tremendous. They take so good care of us. If you're ever in Chiswick, come down. It's just down the high street. Just opposite all the places where people like to go. But like I said to you, my name is Billy Grant and I'm sitting here still with a massive smile on my face. Massive smile on my face because on Saturday, QPR, we put them to the sword and we slayed them, as they say. And we absolutely did the business. QPR, five games they've come down to Griffin Park, five games they've lost in a row. And it, it just seemed too easy. But I'm sitting here with my chums around the table here. And as I go around, I'll talk to... Ali Mullally, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm a little bit disappointed about a certain FA Cup draw, but I'm all right. Disappointed? Tell us why. Because I'm working for BBC Sport that day, but unfortunately not on football and elsewhere at the same time. Could you not get a transfer? I mean, you know, I've heard that's what you could do. You could put a transfer request at BBC Sport and you can, you know, get down the ground. No. Not for lack of trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bit of a shame, Ali, because you will be sadly missed. But, you know, what we could do is we'll, we'll tell you what it's like. But I will be selling my ticket for about £5,000 the day before. OK, of course, of course, because there'll be touts. So the last time, when was the last time you saw touts at Griffin Park? I've got to say that. Probably Chelsea at home. <laughs> that's true. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't see those touts. How much were they selling the tickets for? Do you remember? I can't remember. There were certainly one or two, yeah, coming from the Ealing direction, outside New Road. It uh, normally coincide with half and half scarf salesmen. Yes. If, it, if, it, if, it, if it's like same, worthy same of a half, yeah, it's the same idiots to do it, to be honest. <laughs> because the last time I remember, and that shows you how long ago, was actually when we played Newcastle in, uh, was it 92, when Newcastle came down. And I remember, and then those days, no, seriously, and some kind of character come up, he was in the missus and offered me 50 quid for a pair of tickets, no, 50 quid a ticket. Which in those days was a load of money. I was just like, "What's going on there?" So, uh, yeah. So, uh, but that's quite a long time ago. So, fifty quid then was probably about three thousand pounds now, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I think it almost certainly was Chelsea. 
Um, it, it may, there may have been um, the Doncaster game as well, the, the, Trotter, the Trotter game. And there was there was like there was quite a lot of interest in that, obviously. But um, the next time probably it's going to be Leeds down at Griffith Park, and the last game of the season. You know, is that's that's the one everyone wants to be at. So gold dust that one. And of course, I didn't even introduce him. We've got Laney Man in the house. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I've, uh, I've, uh, I'm back on the drink, which is, uh, which is uh, relief. You didn't. Basically, your, your dry January didn't last very long. No, not at all. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an absolute weak-willed wanker. Yes. <laughs> the Allard is in the house. How are you doing, the Allard? Very good, Bill. Um, yeah, just still buzzing really after the weekend, and yeah. Awesome. I mean, you, you don't look like you're buzzing, you look like you're chilling, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm kind of chilling to the music in the background, I've got a bit of the acoustic going on and um, stuff like that, but you know, I'm, inwardly I'm buzzing, Bill, even if it doesn't appear outwardly. Which is good, listen, what we're going to do anyway, listen, we've got loads to talk about today, you know, we've obviously got the QPR match that we, uh, that we played at the weekend, which we'll talk about a little bit, but what we're going to talk about a little bit more is about where this leads us, where are Brentford, where do we see that we're going? You know, this next few weeks is going to be crucial for the bees as well. Also, we've uh, there's been a bit of season ticket action going on. The new stadium, the doors are open. People are able to buy their season tickets now. People are actually to go down there and, you know, we're going to talk about that season ticket purchasing experience as well. And also, looking forward to Saturday, we've got Huddersfield coming down. We've got Richard from He Takes That Chance podcast who's going to give us a little Huddersfield vibe. And we'll be talking about exactly what we need to do against Huddersfield but listen we're going to take a little break because I need to go over and a little sing and then we'll come back and we'll talk about QPR and where do we think we're going in the next few weeks so last weekend we played QPR QPR came to Griffin Park QPR tried to beat us at Griffin Park for the fifth time in a row at Griffin Park QPR went away with nil point absolutely nothing if you listen to the post-match podcast piece which was on the radio show which we did a couple of days ago on just check it out prideofwest.london actually we had a right good laugh on that radio show because you know we were really relaxed and we just talked about the fact that you know our QPR came down weren't able to do us again and, and, and we were very happy about it but like I said you could also hear what the fans had to say from Griffin Park uh, on that radio show Pride of West at London just talk about it but we're going to just have a little talk about the game itself and you know exactly what we did because the fact is for me I'm just thinking QBR come down every time and it's built up to be a really big game we've beaten them five days in a row and to be quite honest with you you know, there, there are there are a lot of other teams that put up much more of, of a fight than QPR, and, and QPR has almost become just another game, another you know game of the season. And and for me, there there are much more important games now. What was important about that game is that it helped to solidify our position in the league. It helped to solidify us being third in the league. But also, what happens is because it was an early game and it's on TV. A lot of people saw it. A lot of people saw it, particularly the first half and how we played. We played very well in that first half. And a lot of people went, hmm, Brentford, they're not half bad, are they? And what was interesting is two, three, four weeks ago, a lot of the pundits, you know, um, they, were, they were talking about Brentford um, and the league, Leeds United and West Brom. No one's going to catch them. Absolutely no. It's too far away. And uh, we were just in the mixer somewhere. But all of a sudden, you hear people sort of piping up going, oh, 
I knew that Brentford, you know, I always rated them from day one. And I think there may be a possibility if they carry on doing what they're doing, maybe, maybe just they'll catch them up. Now, as Bees fans, we're trying to keep it very chilled because I never expected us to be up there. We all never expected. And if we get to the playoffs, we'll be very happy. But I just think, let's just have a look at what's going on at the moment now. And what do we need to do to kind of maintain a position? And also, let's have a look at all the other teams around us to see whether or not we can even better ourselves. The Allard. Well, I guess it's just a question of keep winning, which is easier said than done. I think uh, what the thing about changing or catching up teams in the league is it's much easier to do when you're at the bottom because wins come around less often. So you can win three games and you move massively when you're in the bottom three. But when you're in the top three, winning three games, if the other teams win two games and draw one, you don't make much gain on them. So, so it's still a massive, massive, massive ask. But there are 19 games to go. Um, and that is a lot of points up for grabs. You know, it, it's, There are teams in this league that in 19 games are definitely going to finish above teams that are six or seven points ahead of them now. As I said, it's harder to do when you're at the top, but who knows how this is going to play out. Isn't this a case of, and I'm going to come to Laney about, sort of almost like game management a little bit, because what happens is that every time we get a game and you think about it, we also think, oh yeah, we want to win, we want to win, we want to win. And every time you drop points, you get really disappointed. But I, and I was thinking about this the other day. I'm wondering, and I'm sure they have done, because it's what they might do, where Thomas Frank and the crew and uh, the stats people have actually probably looked at every single match and probably worked out what they believe the score will be or what points we will get for each match and set a target for each match and probably the same thing for all the other teams around us and believe what they do based on the sort of analytics that they've got. And they're almost sort of thinking maybe something like, we go to Hull, we need a point. If we get less than a point, we fail, but that's what we need there. So I'm just thinking that's, that might be the approach. Yeah, I'm sure they have. I'm sure they've worked out what they expect all... all the other teams in, in, the, in the mix, what, what they're going to do. They're, they're not just concentrating on us. But I thought Saturday was the perfect storm, though, wasn't it? It was the fact that we had to win our game, and, and we did. Um, we, we could almost forget who it was against. We just had to win our game. And then, then it was down, for the, down to the others to kind of maintain the, the gaps, and, and they failed. You know, um, West Brom drew and Leeds lost. And then Forrest, who were behind us, they drew and um, Fulham won. Um, so, you know, it was almost perfect for us. And we've just got uh, to be honest, just hang on, hang on in there with Leeds and West Brom and Fulham probably um, week by week. We, we, we're going to we are going to drop points and they're going to drop points. And we it doesn't really matter if we're in the top two at the moment. As long as we're narrowing that gap, if we're if we're th- two, three four points away from both those teams going into the final few weeks of the season we can we, we do finish strong and when when it's all or nothing I put I put us above any other team I think if we have to go out and win a game and really really go for it and you know just all out attack I think we're better equipped to doing that than most I think where we could trip up is if we try and get too clever where we try and go somewhere and, and, and try and go for a point. I know it's not in our makeup, and, it's, and we're unlikely to do it, if I'm honest with you, but that's the fear. The fear is that we can try and overthink it and go, oh, let's go to Huddersfield on Saturday, and a point's really good for us because, you know, we expect that um, Fulham might drop points against Middlesbrough and Leeds have got to go to QPR, and QPR are quite good, and Leeds can't finish, and 
Um, and then you've got you know West Brom to let they they're probably going to win. But I, I honestly think that we are on a crest of a wave. We are doing everything right. The momentum's with us, barring an injury to one of the one of the you know the, the main protagonists. I think we just got to hang on in there, you know, and we can't we can't really overthink it. Catching catching the catching them up and being ahead of the playoff pack is very very important. It's brought us a load of confidence. And you're right, um, the pundits are taking us seriously. I was getting really bored of them. The predictable, oh, it's down to down to West Brom and Leeds, the two biggest fish in the pond. You know, no, it's down to who. It's down to the best footballing teams in this division, and we've proved that we're a match for all of them. So uh, Saturday, as I said, perfect storm. It went from nine points to six and seven. Now uh, we got to play them both at Griffin Park. If we are, if we're four points or three points away from them when we play them at Griffin Park, those games are going to be electric. That, that, they're the games that we live for. I mean, Ali. I mean, you're a big proponent of us. Say is that you know you put the ball in the back of the net. That's how you get the points. It's, we can have all these stats and we can have all these figures, and the pundits can say what they want to. But it's all about winning the games. We've got a really big month ahead of us now. How do you see it panning out? Do you know what? I, I was just thinking when Dave was talking there that the, the, the thing that I think is going to stand us in really good stead in the next few weeks is actually that we are, and this seems really straight, if we even thought about, say, this, this time last year, you'd have thought we were mad, that we are so defensively strong now. You know, we've got the best defensive record in the league. And it was really interesting that actually I watched Quest on uh, Saturday night and after they showed the Brentford game, they didn't talk about Ben Rama and the BMW. They mentioned them in past about how that goes. But then they said, we're going to talk about the boot and the back seat of the car. And they talked about the defence and, and Raya. And I think, you know, when you're going somewhere like Huddersfield or Hull, which potentially is, is the sort of banana skin we would slip up on, I think maybe just having that defence there who could hold out and in some situations get a point where they, you know last year we wouldn't have or where Leeds or West Brom or Fulham who are much more defensively suspect than us might drop points or might drop all three points I think that that might almost be those points that the defence save us than that the BMW get us for a couple of matches that might be the difference for me and, 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 and very briefly I've got to say we, you know, we just got to keep remembering that if we lose a game it's not an absolute disaster as long as we do what we've done throughout the season is come straight back and win and we come back and win two or three you know sometimes it's it's okay to lose uh, as long as you react to it and you, you learn from the mistakes and we, we have, we've done that all the way through the season so I'm not actually that concerned I, I know we, but I'm hoping we don't go to Huddersfield and do a 1-0 reverse you know we've seen that so many times this season we have to prove this this time that you know coming away with a point, I would say is probably not good enough. So that's that's where my expectations are. You know they've raised the bar now, Brentford. We were everyone that's going is going there expecting a win. And they have raised the bar and come to the Allard in a little bit. And I, and this is where I'm saying to you about us keeping in the game, chiseling away. Thinking about it now, I'm thinking that what we need to do is just not lose. So we need to gain a point at Huddersfield. And they come and smash Nottingham Forest when we come there a few weeks later, or a few, you know, a week and a bit later. That's kind of think where we need to be. Um, it's a case of not losing now because I think if you stop losing, 
it becomes a mentality if you're not losing and it does it 100% it does yeah yeah. I don't think losing matters too many draws though you lose too much ground I'm not saying the draw lot yeah I hear what you're saying but if you're smashing people at home being, being unbeaten doesn't mean anything it, you know it really doesn't you know that's what we've learned lose a game but then win the next three it's better than just drawing that one and then drawing the next one it's about getting as many points as we can from the games and to understand this and I'll come to you Allard in a minute but the one thing that I will say to you is that we have got where we are by losing at Ch- no but yeah by losing at Charlton and losing at these places that we shouldn't have lost that where if we had got those extra points there we would actually probably be in the, the automatic places. No, what I'm saying. So, but, but it, it, it's it's the mentality of of, of you know. I, I I don't think we. It's no point in dwelling on that. You know, I, I, the fact that we did during we we weren't anywhere near like we are at the moment. We were still spluttering away into the season. We were still finding finding a way. You know, getting the, the defence wasn't as watertight as it is now. You know, we we we've learned from that. I don't think we. It's no good looking back at the, at the games we've lost. We just need to not do it anymore. I think I think the point Dave's uh, making is that the difference between a win and a draw is two points. The difference between losing and a draw is one point. So the wins are effectively what are important. And if you look at the league, we've we've already lost nine games this season, which I said two or three weeks ago was too much for us to finish in the top two. But if you look at the league. Um, there's no other team, you know, that when you get to 10 losses, you're going down to 11. The team in 12 have only lost seven games this season. So actually, it really is about the number of games you win. That's where you pile the points on. Don't get too dispirited if you lose a game because you only drop a point. Listen, I mean, we've got to look at the teams around us as well, which I think is, uh, I think is really important because for me... Um, Listen, we've beaten QPR, but the key game, as we know, we, we talk about West Brom, but that's not that's not until March. The key game is Leeds United, and I think that obviously we want to keep our momentum going so that we're in the playoffs as well. But if we're going to surprise people as well, we need to be looking at exactly where um, Leeds United are going to be, and we need to be. Um, I think that we need to be there or thereabouts. It would be fantastic if we're there or thereabouts, so it makes that Leeds United game when they came down to come down to us on the 11th of February and absolutely it's a key game anyway but an absolutely key game so it's almost like chiseling away and just doing the right type of things between now and then so I mean the, forget about um, Huddersfield because not forget about it but we're going to talk about that a bit later on in this podcast we've got the cup game after that which we might come back to in a little bit because I think that's important but the game we've got after that is Nottingham Forest and Nottingham Forest is a, uh, is, a, is a massive match for us as well. Um, we should have played them on a, on a, Tuesday, on a Saturday, but obviously because, we, because Stoke City weren't um, good enough to, uh, for us to, for, to, to, to beat us when we played a B-side, we've ended up actually um, having to play a cup game against Leicester. So the Forest game is put onto a Tuesday night. Now, Nottingham Forest, this is a key game as far as I'm concerned. How do you think we're going to deal with this? In terms of the team that we put out against Leicester, or just in general? I mean, just 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 your thoughts on this Forest game because it's going to be our first game back. I forget about the Huddersfield game that we're going to have to um, deal with a team who are, uh, in effect, their promotion rivals, aren't they? Yeah, I think it's massive. I think it's a huge game, um, and my 
my one delight in missing the uh, Leicester game on the Saturday is I can now go to the Forest game on the Tuesday. Which um, I think we'll go for it. I think we'll. Um, I think I'm confident actually about that game because I don't think. I think we've come on so much from when we played Forest away um, that both defensively and effectively, I, I, I think that we'll, we'll win that fairly comfortably. It's interesting because they're a good counter-attacking side, they create good storing chances, they're good at protecting the lead, so we can't go behind against them. But um, they're not great at aerial duels and they're really terrible at avoiding offside. So they look like a side and what they seem to do, they seem to set themselves up for going for a bit of a draw, then they can nick a win if they could do. Yeah, but as I, as I pointed out earlier, they're playing against the best defence in the league, so it's not going to be as easy as it was for them to, to nick a goal as they did at their place. The Allards, I mean, I'm talking about Forest, but we could talk about because we could talk about any of these teams in and around us because at the end of the day, we need to kind of just keep our heads bobbing over the water. Yeah, the thing is, Forest, uh, I mean, Forest have got a game in hand still, and if they win that game in hand, they go above us. So we really shouldn't get too carried away right at this moment. Uh, so you've got to bear that in mind. I, and if you go to the strengths and weaknesses, we look very, very similar. I think our weaknesses are identical. Um, so I, what are they? So basically, um, the weaknesses for Forest and Brentford are both um, avoiding offsides. I don't know how much of a weakness that is, and also aerial duels. So we're quite similar. We might cancel each other out to some extent. But I'll, but that's the key. That's the next key game. We've got a selection of key games coming. We still, you still have to look at the league and say. I'm sure there's, you know, there'll be other supporters of teams in the top seven or eight who won't listen to this podcast, but if they did, would say we're getting a bit carried away with ourselves because we're just looking up and talking about um, West Brom and Leeds. And that's why fundamentally we have to sort of stamp our authority on all of those teams. We have to beat Forest, really, if we're even going to, you know, otherwise we get dragged right back into the pack. Forest could be above us. Forest could be, you know... They could be above us going into the game. I don't, well, they don't play the game in hand, but they could potentially be four points above us going into the game if we lose and they win on Saturday. So, you know, we, you have to bear all that sort of stuff in mind before you really concentrate on that on the top two. So it's absolutely key that game, and that's and which we'll come back to the Leicester game. And that's why if anybody thinks we're going to play anything but a first team in that Leicester two game, is kidding themselves. I think, you know, if you look at the, the, our form and, and the, the results, we won seven straight games at, at Griffin Park. Six in the league, one in the cup. So it, it, it's irrelevant what happens against Leicester. You know, I think we're all in agreement that I hope, I hope it's a, a, you know, a really strong-ish team. I hope we give a good account of ourselves, but it's not the end of the world if we go out. Uh, if we win, happy days. If we don't... It's as as you know, as we've been talking about, is how we react to that and how we go into that Forest game. That could be our seventh league win at home, which is it's almost unprecedented. That needs that will happen. No, sorry, seventh league win in a row. That is, isn't it? Yeah, in a row. Yeah. So that that will have to come to an end at some stage too. You know, but there's no. It's, it's, this isn't a game of heads and tails. It's, 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 it's more to it than chance. We are winning these games because we are better than who we're playing. So the, 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 the run will come to an end, but it's going to come to an end probably against a better team than than someone who's. You know, I don't. I don't think there's any on this current form. There's no one in this league 
that's got that can, that can come near us. Leeds and and West Brom, they're the two games that we need to be more concerned about. I think we've got I think we've got the beating of Forest. I think we didn't show up at the City Ground at all. They beat us fairly easily without even really having to do too much. We need to pay them back for that. Uh, we need to get maximum points against Huddersfield. We've got other games. We've got a trip to Luton. We have to go there and win. We've got Cardiff. We, got, you know, there, there, there's some games, away games. Uh, technically, we that shouldn't really trouble us. We can't, we can't go away at Bristol City and win four 0 and then roll over uh, a team that's right down the bottom and struggling. So, I, 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 again, you know, I, we're not. I don't think we are getting too carried away. I don't think we are looking up, going, oh yeah, it, it, we got a divine, divine right to one of those two pr- automatic promotion places. I just think, at the moment, there's no one out there who can touch us. I mean, so no one could touch us. So we're in a situation where, and listen, even before we had the FA Cup draw, again, I sat down and I thought to myself, we're doing quite well here. We really get upset. We've talked about it on the podcast a million times. We get upset every single year when Brentford come out and the FA Cup comes and then we put a week inside. Uwe Rosler did it. Dean Smith did it. Thomas Frank sort of kind of tried to appease, I think, and he tried to compete to a certain extent, I think, when he puts his sides out. But we used to get really peed off by beating by Oxford. Um, no, we got beat by Notts County, got beaten by Brighton in the Cup, got beaten by uh, Walsall. That was really embarrassing, you know what I'm saying? The only team I think that we did all right with is, was Eastleigh. You know, and we, we beat them 5-1 or whatever it was. But other than that, we've always got smashed up in the cup because we played a week inside and it's so frustrating. So what I'm going to say is that um, this season we're doing quite well and all of a sudden the cup came. And for me, I thought when the Stoke game came, I mean, I didn't even know I was going to buy a ticket because I just thought, I don't know if I really want us to do that well. But then I just thought, actually, what's going to be exciting it's watching the new B-team players coming through and see, you know, Dervis Ogler and all that lot. So that was really great. Um, Stoke was so rubbish. <laughs> they, uh, you know, I'm not saying our team was bad, but they still made us win. So we're in the fourth round now. We're playing Leicester. Now we're playing Leicester. We're live on the TV, 12.45 on BBC One. And uh, the thought is out there that we want to show the world what type of team we are. But the reality is that the number one priority is promotion. So what do you do? A lot of people are asking, are we going to play a first team, are we going to be a second team, are we going to play a hybrid team? The thing that you've got to ask the question is that will you, will you risk Ollie Watkins to, uh, to, to, to get injured like what, you know, what um, Chris Meppen did in, in, in the FA Cup in the third round? Will you risk um, Bumo to get injured? Will you risk you know, um, Ben Rama? You know, with all the flicks and everything like that he does, defenders get really unhappy with him and then they hack him and take him out. You know, what, who will you play in that side, you know? And, 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 and I'm going to ask you, Ali, you know, I know that you're not going to be there, but still, you want to see your team, you want to be proud of your team when you see them on TV. What do you think we should be doing? Well, I, I think this is the first time in the last few years when we've been in the position in the league where we are now. So I think it, it, it's slightly a different issue. We're not sort of like comfortably mid-table season not really going anywhere not really going to challenge promotion not really going to be threatened by relegation season's was probably going to peter out into 10th place and we could get a cup run going and it could be really exciting so we're not in that position we're in a position where we genuinely might get ourselves promoted and I don't think we want to do anything to threaten that I mean I can see the players I can see play that you would say from the 
B plus? No, no, no. I'd, I'd say that the, the plus part of the B would be probably quite possibly Makoto because Norgard's probably your first choice now in that role. Sean Vier would almost certainly be in there if he's fit. Halley's going to be in there. Marcondes is going to be in there. Zamorek's going to be in there. The, yeah, Halil, I said a little. Yeah. So, you know, any. See, that's that's five players that you'll start with. And Luke Daniels is a solid keeper as well. So you've got five or six players and then a few youngsters in around them. So the Ratchiches, the, the Roslevs. And I think it'll be a beating plus. And what you have to look at is what Leicester are doing as well. They've got a Premier League game on the Wednesday. They've just lost second position. They've just got dropped down to second position. They've got the League Cup semi-final, second leg on the Tuesday. And they're only 1-1 with that in Villa. So they're not running away with that. And that's probably their only chance of winning something this season. So I think we're not going to see the Jamie Vardys of this world playing in that game. I think they're going to put out probably a BT, maybe a BT plus as well, which I think could make it a really, really interesting game. Yeah, Ali's spot on. Basically, if you think of the team that played that started against QPR as now the 11 that virtually picks itself, um, assuming Norgard for Camo, um, and Pinnock for Jambier. If you assume that, then I don't. I don't think any of those eleven will start. If, if assuming no injuries and everything, you know, rolls on, then none of those eleven will start because they'll be penciled in to start against Forest. And then you can pick your team against Leicester li- literally from the rest of them. There'll be three or four of them on the bench, um, and we may f- throw one or two of them in to do a job during a game depending on what how the game plays out but but that is what will happen against Leicester I, I cannot see anybody that's going to that is penciled in to start against Forest starting against Leicester I, I, I'd be very very surprised so we, we talked about this at length last week and I, I said I'm a bit confused because pe- people are kind of they want it both ways and we, 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 I thought we had a decent conversation about that um, and you know the, the, the tickets are selling really fast for the game as well. So there's 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 a there's a, um, a real genuine interest from Brentford fans. They want they want to see this game, but the position has changed somewhat in those in the last seven days because we are even closer to those top two places than we were a week ago. We a week ago we were nine points away, um, and we were still believing that that was like we, we couldn't reel that in. We we are we're we're within scratching distance now, so the chances of of you know the A teamers being risked, it, I, it, it's, it's it's not going to happen. And I I could have argued a case why they should have been ten days ago when the draw was made. Now I can't I can't I can't argue a case for it because they'll be mad to. Just I mean just coming back to that as well because obviously I mean we're playing Huddersfield Saturday. But moving on to that, we've got Leicester. As you said on the Saturday, then we got Forest on the Tuesday, the Hull on the Saturday. So also, what you got to think about, you've got about three games in in, in in eight days in effect. And you know, if you you play the game on the Saturday, yeah, you could do all right. Even Nottingham Forest at home on the Tuesday, you do all right. It's the Saturday game against Hull, and I just want to have a little look at Hull here as well because that's the game. It's an away game at Hull. It might be cold. It might be you know nasty. It's trying to kind of you know trying to. She's allowed a, a, t- a game against a team who sometimes they get brilliant results and sometimes they can be really crap. And in principle, Brentford should beat Hull, but this is one of these games where Laney was talking about beforehand, where you know it's one of those ones where in paper we should be able to beat them, but we have to make sure that we are 100% set up in our mind and in the, the players' bodies 
that we beat them. And like I said to you, you know, Hull, you know, the greater shooting from free kicks, counter attacks, greater finishing scoring chances. They've got, you know, uh, you know, your Bowens and stuff like that. You know, some really good players. They're good at defending set pieces and protecting the lead, so you don't want them to go ahead. But then they're really bad at keeping possession of the ball, you know, defending against um, through balls, you know, defending counter-attacks. So we need to make sure that we're on our A game to absolutely beat them. See, that, that whole game, to me, is it's got all the ingredients there for us to go and win because they are, they are pretty, they're a good team and they're, they're not bad at home and they'll, they'll probably attack us. And then, you know, I would have them probably in a similar kind of uh, bracket as Bristol City, where, you know, on their day, they're capable of most things, but really, over the season, they've shown they're, they're quite average overall. We, we, we got the beating of them, definitely. Do you, do you think the, the whole game is more winnable than the Huddersfield game on Saturday? Um, no, I, I, I... Well, yeah, possibly. I mean, we know, we know the Cowleys couldn't do a job on us. They did that. We did that at Griffin Park, you know. We, we that's the last game we lost at Griffin Park, that one 0 win where we were out tactics. Um, we were we had an off day. They had a they had a, a very park the bus day, and they and they they converted their chance. But uh, you know, I have to I have to say, you know, the 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 the, the FA Cup game is, is still a little bit of a welcome distraction. And and as Ali really brilliantly put it. If we go, if you go through that team of what are like A minus B plus players, there's we we've got every confidence that they can go out and do a job. And you're absolutely spot on. You know that the the result at um, at uh, the Leicester last week, where Villa Villa and um, Villa and Leicester drew um, in the first leg of that League Cup semi final. That is that's got to be their priority. They need to go to Aston Villa and win to get to Wembley. They are not. They are not going to be fielding a big team. I mean, just, just coming back to it, and the LR, just answering your question, I actually think the Huddersfield game is more winnable than the whole game. I think the whole game is a tricky one because it's coming off the back of these three matches for us, and it's away at Hull. Huddersfield at the moment now, they're on a really bad run. They're really bad. They've just they've dipped off. I mean, that was their best game of the season so far against us, and they have just absolutely dipped off. They've been terrible. Some of the games they've played have been absolutely awful. So we need to make sure we can capitalise on that on Saturday. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So for me, I'm just kind of thinking, listen, you know, I'll be gone. We need to concentrate on how we stay in the game from Hull because when you're Hull you're closer to that Leeds game and there's going to be a real psychology thing going on when we play Leeds depending on how near or close we are to them the Elot yeah I was going to just quickly come back to the um, the Leicester game and the and playing the team that Ali talked about which I think is what we will play is that actually you know what uh, this cup run if we if we can as a group of fans accept that is the team we're going to put out then it can become a nice cup run a good cup run because actually it gets those players playing and what you don't want to do is go into the last 10 games of the season and have to play certain players that haven't played a competitive game for 6 or 7 weeks so it, so really we should almost be celebrating the fact that we, we got all the we got the fringe players having the opportunity to play get behind them so and let's get more games yeah exactly I mean, I think it's it's really good that Hallie gets these matches to get up to speed with how the game's played in England. I think it's it's really good. You know, coming on for 10 minutes for Watkins at the end of a league game isn't going to get in there. 90 minutes against Leicester and Stoke is going to really help him. And I, and I think, like, just following on from this, I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking out loud, really, but if that's what's going to happen and you've got 
those, you know, you've got your, your BMW, you've got you've got um, uh, Pontus, you've got um, Pinnock that are, you know, there's no, well, maybe Pinnock is not, he needs to be involved, but may, maybe Thomas Frank needs to take that, that, those players away to get some warm weather, include, in, and then give Kev O'Connor the, 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 like the manager's job for that game. And then they can go. They can literally take take a week off. I'm, 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 you know, I'm just thinking. Like, if they're not going to be part of it, how's, how's best to use that time? Um, yeah, f- fair point. Not sure if they'll have enough time, but but it's a fair point. I, I get that. Um, and I'd also come back to the League Cup. Is that I think we suffered by not having a League Cup run earlier in the season because all of the fringe players did not get an opportunity to play competitive football. I know the B team's great and I know they dip in and out of the B team at times, but nothing beats playing in front of crowds, playing against other sort of, you know, strong first teams or, or, or not quite first teams, etc. So I think, you know, I, I think this is a new way that we have to view the Cups and, and I really think we suffered and even possibly... You know, some of the results earlier in the season could could potentially be put down to the fact that we didn't have that League Cup run, and there were players that weren't getting game time, and then were thrown into the team and stuff like that. I, I would also really like to add that I really hope that whatever team we put out, that the crowd is really vocal and really gets behind them. Because the, Sto- the thing that struck me most about the Stoke game was the crowd weren't really interested. If we win, great. I was to say, we win, great. If we lose, I'm not that bothered because, you know, the league's more important. And I think if you're going to put that, you know, those players need to hear the crowd, really get behind them. I think they will because it's Leicester, but really make some noise, really get behind them in the same way that we got behind them against QPR. I mean, I'm actually, for me, I'm actually really just excited about seeing our P team beat Leicester I mean that, that for me is the challenge which you need to put your head into you know and it's not our B team it's our it's our B plus team it's some um, it's not our it's not our first to, you know there's a few players that are playing the first team you know, but that's kind of what it's about because then it's almost like when we used to go to Brentford back in the day when we were in the third tier and then we were playing a first division or a second division team you know what I'm saying it's almost that kind of equivalent where we got really excited about a team that shouldn't have won but they actually get a result out of it and and I think was it was it it was Thomas that christened them the Brentford Babes, and that's a name that could stick with them if if you know we progress a little bit more in this cup. I, I'd be surprised if the BBC don't use it at some point in the build-up to the Leicester game, and uh, and it's another way of sort of shouting about the club. You know, I know a lot of people say, "Oh, we're going to be on the BBC and we haven't got the first team playing," but you know what? If we can put the next generation out there and they can do a job, what a great advert for the club! It's indeed. And listen, I'm just going to talk about this briefly. Um, like I said to you, it's been mentioned, and um, again, I'm just going to throw a little bit of stats in there, just because we need to talk about what other people are saying about us and it's what is interesting over the last couple of weeks the way that we have been performing the people there that crunch numbers out of the sky whoever they may be have actually put us as at the moment the second best team in the league that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to win the league but what it's saying is that the way that we're performing at the moment now we're doing better than West Brom um, we're doing better than Leeds United. No, so we're not doing better than Leeds United. We're doing better than West Brom at the moment now, which is quite an interesting point because, again, we never, we always see ourselves up there, but we never see ourselves also matching it in league position. What the scenario that I'm going to say to you is now: What do we need to do now, and what and what is going to prevent us from actually kind of because we're talking about looking up, and not down. That's being positive. What do we need to do as a team to carry on looking up and not down? And also, the teams around us, what maybe advantages or disadvantages have they got around us that we might be able to capitalise on 
or whatever, or they might be able to capitalise on us, you know, saying that they might be able to make ground on us. Because at the moment, we're doing fantastically well, but that may not last till the end of the season, the Allard. Well, I guess the point is, is that when you look at these stats and everything, is that, that they're really, um, you know, that they're important. And I know a lot of people measure everything on it, but it doesn't take into account. I don't believe that the um, Leeds last year falling off a cliff and there was a reason that is suggested they fell off a cliff last year which is because essentially the team playing the, the style of football they play ran out of puff um, so is it is that factored in that they could do that again this season it probably isn't it's based on the performance no it definitely isn't yeah. I, I, yeah okay so it's definitely isn't which is of no surprise so I think that the point is is those stats are all well and good but it only takes a few things that can change for you know for everything to be to, to change effectively you know it, it, a, a couple of injuries to us and we're, we're, we are going to probably struggle more from a couple of injuries than West Brom and Leeds will I'm a sh- you know assuming they've got bigger squads and probably stronger I know Leeds is strong isn't, isn't massive but it's still stronger on the bench than us so there's all those sort of factors that come into it so he shouldn't be counting any chickens at the moment is the point Interesting. But I mean, when you say that, actually, the Leeds fans are actually really having kittens because obviously um, they believe that they haven't got enough strike force. And especially with Enketia going, they believe that they need another striker. And also because their defence is slightly shaker, just because their defence is slightly shaky as well, they're re- honestly, I've, speak to a, I've been speaking to loads of them recently, they're very, very nervous going to the second half of the season that they feel that, um, they feel that the, 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 the chairman is not actually investing to give Bielsa enough um, um, strength and depth and it's, it's, you know so they think that they're actually a little bit light to be honest there's too much that's, we're opening too many tins we've got if you want to keep it really simple what do we need to do between now and the rest of the season we need to we need to get we need to win four more points than than West Brom and Leeds we can be as erratic as, as erratic as they are but we need to get four more points than they do over the course. Of, our goal difference is great, and, and we and we and we if we're going to beat them, yeah, and, oh yeah, no, of course yeah, beat yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, well, we'll get four more points than they do over the rest yeah. of the season. Doesn't matter how we get them, really. Well, we're, we're not four if we don't beat them. Well, that, well, but that it doesn't. Well, yeah, yeah, but in, in effect, but beating them, beat, but beating them is a big factor. Oh, but we, 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 we're four Six. points behind them. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, and then we need to beat the teams that are around us equally as well. I, I don't. I think we just, you know, we just need to carry on doing what we're doing. I don't think we have to. We have to change anything. And I think the um, the 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 really good thing about having a small squad is the fact that you're tight. You can you can see how much the the team um, and the camaraderie is a huge part of this and I know I know you're reliant on injuries not happening but it, this is a bit like a cup run team where we're just like you, you, you keep the same team together uh, and, and, and I, I do agree with what Al said earlier in the season about the League Cup you know if you're going to rotate you need to know how you're going to rotate and how, how that changes chucking players in that are, haven't been involved it's really difficult for them and I think, I think you're right I'm going to come to Ali in a, come to Ali in a minute but I think that you're, you're, you're right about this um, keeping it tight but what I think what we're trying to do is that we're trying to look at the values about other teams and just seeing 
what the positives and negatives are of other teams around. Of course, we've got to go out and we've just got to carry on doing what we're doing. We've got to win. But the fact is, like what Allard said, is that the fact that Leeds, they play this high-pressing game, they absolutely blow their players out in the first half of the season, which means they drop off, may have an advantage for us. The fact that we've got a smaller squad and we might get injuries is a disadvantage to us. The fact that, you know, Sheffield Wednesday might get a point deduction is a massive advantage to us. So you're looking around you, the fact that Fulham have got Mitrovic, who's just got an injury, you know, it's a massive advantage to us. They might have to spend by a player who might not work. Their defence isn't great. So it's just looking around you to see, OK, carry on with doing what we're doing. You know, what, what, how is everyone else set as well? You know, we should be we should be worried about Leeds. You know, any, anyone that saw them, their performance they put on in the first half against Arsenal last week, you think, blimey, there's, there's not many, there's not many clubs in this division that could have done that, played that way. I know I know we're decent on that day, but they, they look they look like they look above and beyond, if I'm honest. But overall, they couldn't last it. They couldn't last the 90 minutes playing that way. And you know, it's been a long time since we played them. We, we lost one 0 at Ellen Road, and I thought we deserved a little bit more out of that game. Probably, you know, one 0 wasn't wasn't that unjustified, but we created a lot. We created a couple of decent chances. Then we know we played West Brom more recently, and we acquitted ourselves very, very well. Uh, so it depends what kind of leads turns up at Griffin Park. The only thing I would like to say is is there's a lot of chat about being uh, matching West Brom, Leeds, Fulham, and if they're erratic, we can afford to be as erratic. And we cannot discount there is always, always, always one team that comes up late on the rails, wins 10 matches in a row like Villa did last season, and you've got to look over your shoulder for that team coming as well. You can't assume it's just about those three or four up there at the moment. Who is that? Is it, who do you think that might be? Oh, well, that's Ali, Ali, that's us. <laughs> I think, we, we peaked too soon then. <laughs> I, think, I think also the other thing that you, you've got to remember as well, which I think is really good, is that we laughed because we beat QPR last week. But, you know, in, in patches, QPR actually looked like a quite decent side, probably one of the best attacking sides we've seen. And uh, what's interesting is they're getting Jack Clark, it looks like, from uh, on loan, who used to be at Leeds, and the Leeds fans are actually crying. They're playing Leeds on Saturday. So all of a sudden, we're in a situation where we're looking at teams who are maybe not challenged for promotion, but who have the ability to take points off the sides around us. You know, and I think QPR are one of those sides. I think Hull City are definitely one of those sides. Uh, I think um, Barnsley are definitely one of those sides. I think potentially the team that are going to come up on the rails that nobody's thinking about or talking about are um, Borough, because they've suddenly got their act together. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I was at Borough last night, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, because we're going to talk about new stadiums in a little touch. But we've had a good old chat here about Brentford and exactly where we've, you know, just, just not so where we think we're going, but we just had a little spin around and, and, and kind of what exactly we need to do over, you know, exactly what we need to do over the next few weeks. I mean, for me, I think we have to set our flag in the sand for Leeds United and see how we get to Leeds United. Because if we can get within two points of Leeds when we play them, it's gonna, that's going to be a big thing for them. Because last season they came down to us and they did not enjoy that at all. And also, if you look at the Leeds forums, look on the side, they said they've got two games in London the next three weeks, I think it is, QPR and Brentford, and they said they haven't won in London for a very, very long time. So they've got this whole phobia about coming down to London, so we need to play on that. Yeah, the important game, we've got to beat Forest. That should cement one element, and then we need to beat Leeds to cement the second element. So the first element is that we are the team that are going to finish in the top three, and the second element is we can knock on the door of the top two. This is They're the games you've got to win. This is the brilliant part of the season, though, because every week now 
you just see how each result affects, and then you're then you're one game less. So then you've got one less fixture to kind of affect the change. And it, it, this is we, we are we're approaching that final ten. That's when that's when like it, it, things get very very juicy. It's an old cliche, but and Thomas is saying this all the time at the moment. But we just need to be focusing on the next game. We need to stop thinking about ten games. What's happening in five games? We can, yeah. No, I, I think it's important just to focus on the next game. I think we can get carried away, and then I, I'm just, I'm just so wary of tempting fate. I mean, I do like and, and what Ali says there as well. I do actually really like that, and the fact that the team. Because the thing about it is that you can see they're not getting too ahead of themselves. So all the journalists have come in there and they've tried to ask them about, do you think you're going to get to promotion? And they're so cool, just saying, listen, we're just like you know the next game, but they don't say it in a cliche way. You can see that they're just like, the focus is there. The focus is on the next game, which I think is actually really, really, really important. And if anything, the other clean teams must look at that and thinking, Jesus Christ, these guys seem to be a little bit too focused for us. How are we going to deal with them? And the last thing I want to do as well is, is, is take the fun out of this and, and heap loads of pressure and to think that if we finish fifth or sixth, that's some sort of disaster. You know, I, I'm going to be consistent here. I, I say year after year, the last five or six years, I'm just delighted to be in this level. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean to say I'm, you know, I'm going to be defeatist and not, not uh, hope or dream of, of us finishing the top, top two. We can finish top. We could quite easily be champions this year. You know, we need a lot to be going our way. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep dreaming that dream. But if we, if we kind of slide a little bit, then let's, you know, I, I still think this will be the most successful post-war season in Brentford's history. We, I think we probably will almost certainly be in the playoffs this year. And we'll get an extra game at Griffin Park because of that. And then the worst comes to the worst, we go straight up. So Lionel Road, people are talking about Lionel Road now. There's a big buzz about Lionel Road, which is the Brentford's new stadium, which is going to be open in about a month's time, from what we heard. Um, They're doing the final stages of that. No one's allowed in to Lionel Road Stadium at the moment now because they don't want to stop the builders from finishing their job. And then in about a month's time, sort of end of February, mid to end of February, they're going to hand the keys over to the Brentford FC and they will become ours and uh, hopefully they'll be able to allow people to come in and uh, have a little peep around. Are going to get Big Ben to bong when Brentford's new stadium opens? Are we going to be able to bung, bung for a bong? <laughs> Possibly. So we talked about this again a lot on the Love Sport radio show, uh, Pride of West.London, but we just thought this is such an important issue now. We'll give it a little bit more time as we're sitting down there chilling. The Allard's just come off the, the, the open mic here and he, he just, you know, his mind is just, just open. And we're going to talk about new stadium. So... Season ticket sales have gone on sale. We've been on sale for probably about 10 days now. As we said, we went down there a few days ago. Um, myself, Laney, a few of us, we went down there, had the whole experience of buying the season tickets. And, and we, yeah, But before that, the, the tickets on the halfway line were, were available before that, and the West End tickets went on sale on the last Friday. Now... What I want to say to you, first of all, is that if you're interested in sitting in the West Ham, go to the BIAS website. I think it's probably bias.co.uk or just Google Brentford Independent uh, Supporters Association. Just have a look at that. And they've got a really good guide into what you should be looking and thinking about when you go and buy in the West Ham as well. Now, like I said to you, there's a few of us that have got together. So we've uh, managed to club together so that we've got a little group of characters who've gone in together and we've bought our seats together. And this is one thing 
that you are able to do. If you are a, a season ticket holder and you've got a certain priority, you can bring people in who have got lesser priority and they can buy tickets. So if you do a few of that together, you can actually get blocks of seats together. For me, like I said to you, the buying experience was good. Everyone was really helpful. Uh, and everyone that knows, and the fact is that, and I, I met with a friend of mine who's a Forest fan today, and, and he was just chatting about it. And I said to him, by the way, you know, we go in over these appointments, we do the VR glasses, we we, we have a video, and we chat. And he goes, Are they doing that for like all 10,000 people? And I said, I think so, yeah. Over the next, you know, every single day is blocked out. Yes, in principle, everyone or lots of groups of people have got personal invites where they sit down and they're going to go and talk through their transition to the new stadium and I think that's only a good thing Laney yeah I, I, I think um, I really enjoyed the experience I was a bit um, nervous is the wrong word emotional is probably the right word it's a, it's a, it's a moment I, I, I wasn't sure whether I was looking forward to or not for a million reasons that we all share you know the, 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 the leaving of Griffin Park is still going to be a massively emotional time for me and uh, it, it's it, you know th- through the many guises of Lionel Road and the you know from the original designs when there was a monorail through to it was a, ju- the whole site was going to be a stadium to how it's going to be now with you know we're sharing it with flats and some retail. Um, it, 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 it was always a long way in the distance and now it's a reality and it's going to happen soon. Um, I'm a bit concerned we're still calling it Lionel Road or the Brentford Community Stadium. It's a, it needs to get a, an identity, I think, more than that. It's still a bit vague. So I, you know, I, I'd prefer they called it New Griffin Park for the moment. You know, if 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 so, you know, if someone's going to come in, if a, if a big co- corporate company's going to come in and get, um, buy the naming rights, I heard it was going to be an airline. I don't think that's happening now. Um, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping it's still going to be a brewer. Um, but I think for the moment. The Brentford Community Stadium is a little bit of a mouthful because um, we know it's not going to be called that in the long term. And Lionel Road is a bit of a building site, so you know I, I think I think New Griffin Park, even if it's only a you know a, a, you know a, a, a sort of a, a stopgap. Shall we call it New Griffin Park from now on? Okay, yeah, we'll call it New Griffin Park. I think, well, yeah, why not? Until 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 it's you know it's given an official name. In fact, we also just call it New Griffin Park anyway. Because you know the chances are, if a Russian or a Ukrainian airline or a whatever come in and sponsor that stadium, it's only going to be for us, you know, a few years. Um, so it's called it New Griffin Park. So yeah. So I thought the experience of the ticket was brilliant. I thought the staff were excellent. And no, and, I, and, I, and I'm honest with you, no one has got a bad word to say about the experience so far. And I think that says a lot about the understanding that the people that are selling the tickets have for what we all want from the experience. I'm quite excited because I'm going tomorrow. I was supposed to be going on Monday, but it was 11 a.m. and I was at work, but I'm now going tomorrow evening, so I'm quite excited. Looking forward to it. And what exactly are you looking forward to? What are you expecting? I'm looking forward to getting a a real feel for actually how it's going to look and the the view from the seats and view from inside. Because I go past it a lot. I run down Lionel Road a lot and quite after the big... Um, I don't know what you can call cargo gates or whatever are open you can see the pitch you can see the seats it was always quite exciting but actually get a albeit a virtual reality view of the inside is I'm really looking forward to that I mean you've made a transition from I mean you used to sit in the new road for a lot so you are different to us because we always stood in the Ealing road so we're used to just buying our own season tickets and standing with your mates where you were used to sitting in a block where people around you it's like friends you all know everybody around you and now you're transitioning to behind the goal 
which is almost like the equivalent of Ealing Road. How important is it for you to be in and around people that you know? Uh, very important, because actually when, when we used to sit in New Road, we used to have one of the most annoying fans in the whole of Brentford, which wasn't the Allard. Second most annoying fan in the whole of Brentford. <laughs> sitting near us, he used to drive, drive, drive us up the wall. And actually... Once, once you get onto Ealing Road and you move around and then you find a look, you know it is, you find a group of people that you quite like and you start chatting and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we've made a few mates on there and we're all going in tomorrow and because we, we stand in this little group together and we're all going in tomorrow. And so it is quite important that we end up sitting in the same area as those people, really, standing behind our seats. Which is interesting because obviously this is the main issue um, for Brentford, obviously, that we said to you, the USP that we have as a, as a stadium is that we have got a standing area. We have got the Ealing Road, which is an area that people can come. And it's like, you know, the equivalent of having unreserved seating. And we have now going towards a new stadium where we've got fixed seating. And it's just how do we... Because it, people might just say, it is what it is. But if you've been standing for 30, 35 years, this is something that you need to kind of, like, get your head around a little bit. It's not necessarily that you're going to get used to overnight and we've seen the and I'm not going to say we have this but the, the issues that West Ham had had with their transition to their new stadium and other clubs have had their transition to the new stadium where they were used to certain things happening in their old stadium and when the new stadium wasn't quite like that it all kind of kicked off with our club the good thing like I said to you they're, they're, they're bending over backwards to try and ensure that we get the as they call it the user experience the right experience um, in, in, in the new stadium but I think there's a few things that we need to make sure though is that the fans that 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 they that that that, that the fans also feel comfortable when they go because it, it, it's, it's funny you should mention that West Ham situation because I was speaking to the the staff on, on Friday and they were I don't know the whole story but they they were called in or they were involved in sorting the West Ham situation out so that so they are well aware of how things could go wrong so their experience and their expertise in dealing with so many different people with so many different expectations so many different backgrounds so many different um, what they where, where they currently sit who they currently sit with they use they 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 are very experienced so i think we should have confidence in, in getting it right as right as can be in that first year i think until safe standing becomes a reality and or we can get that West End specifically unallocated, then we're, I think that we'll always be... I don't think it'd be perfect from day one. I think it's about getting through that first season, working out what needs to be changed and then working with different fans to get it perfect for the second year. Just coming back to the... I mean, you mentioned standing, Lainey. This is very important. Um, and from the West Ham point of view, even though the club obviously can't say that, we said this on the radio show on Monday, the, the, the basic, the, the reality is, right, the West Stand is the, stand, it's the standing stand, it's the Ealing Road, okay? So it's not like kind of what part of the West Stand is it? Shall we go and get some seats down the bottom so we can sit down there or the bottom right or the bottom left or maybe in the middle at the top? It's like, no, everyone should treat the West Stand as the area where you're going to get people standing and singing and jumping around around you. Okay, yes, it might not be law, and the club can't say it, but that is the that is the view. So if you're a little bit uncomfortable about it, if you've got people who may not be feeling that vibe, there are other stands. and We're not sort of saying you should go, but we're just sort of saying that we want everybody to have the best experience. So, you know, when we played Fulham a few seasons ago, we tried to sort out a scenario where that we'd have people standing in one area, which enabled the sitting people to be in a separate area, because we said as soon as 
we get a scenario where you've got the sitting and the standing people in the same area, it goes horribly wrong. And I know, Ali, you you were particularly upset about that because um, you were particularly upset about that when we went to Fulham that time. When we because we, we we kind of set aside this singing area, which is really a standing area. But you were delighted because you thought, great, I can actually with my kids sit down now. And we can actually enjoy our experience, but it went horribly wrong, didn't it? Well, I, I enjoy it. I've always enjoyed standing away games, but we had my my youngest one then was probably about five. How, how many years ago was it? Five. And the way it was done was the singing in inverted commas, i.e., standing block, was right in the middle, wasn't it? It was P five. It's only one block as well. Yeah, it's P5, but it was right in the middle. One or two. And the, 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 the seat, yeah, for the back to front. And the seating blocks, six and seven, were to one side. But the problem was when everybody in that middle stop block stood up, people then couldn't see what was happening on the side of the pitch to them. So then they all started standing up. So it ended up with everybody standing up so they could see, and little kids. But also you had the scenario where because only one or two blocks were allocated, so it wasn't they didn't do enough. Yeah. So all of a sudden, is that all the other people that came in later? They started filling into your blocks because they wanted to be as close yeah. to the singing area as possible. Well, I think we just going back to New Griffin Park. I think we just need to manage people's expectations for year one. I think I think I think it is a bit wrong for us to say, you know, yes, officially it's an all-seater stadium, and at the moment the club it's important for the club to get the safe, the safety certificate. For us to all be going, oh yeah, it, it's all standing. It isn't all standing. You know, it, it, it hopefully will be in time. I just think, you know, for we, we, we just we, we just need to be just getting getting in there, making it as good as we want, and hopefully things will develop. I, I, I don't think it does us a lot of favours, Bill. To be saying it's all standing, it's not going to be year one. It won't be. I think, Lainey, I think the point we're trying to make is that people will be standing in that area and people will be buying seats in that area to stand, just like they do at the is it the Canton End at Cardiff. Cardiff is an all-seater stadium, but what the club has done is that they've said, this area here, everyone is going to be standing. So if you're not feeling that standing thing, don't yeah, don't go in that area. So I think this is kind of what it is, because the club can't officially say that. So what we're saying is that this area is exactly the same as that. Which is, which is exactly what buyers have said, isn't it, in, in their article about it. That's exactly what they've said. You know, because like you say, the club can't actually come out and say this is going to be a standing area because they've got to get the safety certificate and all that sort of stuff. I, I can just see a situation at the moment is if they're then in month one month, you know, the first the first season, they are gonna the security people and the stewards will be forcing people to sit down, yeah, because it, they they will want no no bad publicity officially in that stadium, you know. As things as things settle down, they can probably get a little bit less kind of uh, you know serious about it. But from day one, I think we'll be we'll be asked to sit down. So I've got the question right: Wolverhampton Wanderers, South Stand, five thousand people. Not one person sits down. How? No, 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 no. But so, how do the stewards get five thousand people to sit down? Then I understand that, Bill, and that's exactly what we want. We want that to be the all singing, all dancing end. I 100% get it, but we're opening a brand new stadium where all the authorities are going to be on us, like brimming, like hawks, making sure that we adhere to all the rules so we get our safety certificates. Uh, and and, I, and I, no, you're, we're absolutely right. In 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 time, that should be the that should be the party stand, a hundred percent. And if you're not if you're not up for that, then I'd suggest that you know you need you do want to be sitting elsewhere. I hundred percent agree.
The Allard. I mean, you're not in the parties then. You 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 you're doing the you're doing the no, <laughs> you're doing the new road option. So the new road equivalent, and you've chosen. I think it's the North Stand instead. Is that correct? Um, again, why did you? Why did you? You know, why did you choose that? And what do you think the, the advantages are going to be? Because obviously, there's different vibes in different parts of the ground. It'll be yeah, it'll be north or south. Um, we've got our eyes on some areas. Um, we're in next week, so we'll figure it out then. Um, and um, I have great faith in the good people. I won't be able to attend, unfortunately, but I have great faith in the people that will be attending. Um, on, on my behalf and obviously their behalf as well so wh- why are we doing that we, we've always sat in New Road we've always sat on the side of the pitch since New Road became seating we stood on New Road um, prior to that uh, when Hay Corner was around etc etc and we've never moved I, I think basically my thinking is I quite like sitting beside the pitch I also like standing behind the goal um, so I'll sit beside the pitch for home games and generally you stand or you, you, you sit or stand, hopefully stand behind the goal for away games. And that's just kind of my feeling. So we'll stick with that and uh, maybe I'll shuffle around at some point, who knows. But it's done me good for the last um, 30 years, so that's basically what I'm carrying on with. And I'm going to ask the question again, and I'm asking ask this because I actually don't know the answer as well, because you're, you're on the side bit, but um, are your seats going to be different? Because obviously you've got that sort of kind of tranche of sort of kind of priority seats um, in, in, in the side bit. So how will things be, be different? Well, we'll find out. Um, and to be fair, we sit, if you remember where sort of, you know, I guess Hate Corner was, it was toward, it was by the by the penalty box, yeah? And we sit just in front of where that was, or maybe slightly to the left, new, whatever. So, so, so our expectations is if we're, if we're in from the penalty box towards the centre line, we won't have a worse view. Now, if we don't get that, one, I'll be surprised, and two, I'll be disappointed. And the reason for that will be because of all of the um, all of those areas around the central area. So we'll see, because I, I don't know what's going to be available. But I'm hoping with, you know, I assume the stands go a bit deeper, and therefore my assumption is we shouldn't be worse off currently. But I don't know. And, and, and just talking about the, the side bet in the area because it's interesting. I had a little meeting with one, one of my chums today as well. He's uh, he's quite big up in the sort of the media world, and he said to me, "Oh, by the way, has a new stadium coming up?" And he said, "Oh, I've got a mate. You know, I just I, you know, went out to, to lunch with a mate of mine, a couple of mates of mine who are quite high up in the the rugby world, and they've uh, they bought a couple of seats, you know, in the premium area of. Uh, they said they've never been to a football match in their life, and but they thought, oh, we might as well just go down to Brentford and just sort of check it out. Which in a way, I just I looked out and thought, oh, that's, that's quite a good thing but potentially it could be a kind of bad thing because you've got also people who are they've jumped you know jumped on it which is great because that's what Brentford want to do they brought income into us as well but the thing in my head I was thinking oh no is this going to be a dilution of the atmosphere so one of the things I was thinking at the time when we discussed this about one or two years ago is that should people because obviously we're going from you know 12,000 to, to 17,000 so a bigger stadium so we're bringing more people in we're probably trying to drag in 5,000 more people should there almost be some sort of rule book that they have to go through some sort of kind of system where they they, they have some training so that they, they make sure that they know to know all the songs and they, they know to sing and they have to stand up and but this is the reason we were told we had to leave because they, these these corporate people that come in you know these, the people that buy these debenture tickets 
you know, I, I've a, a solicitor friend of mine. He's his company have just bought two tickets as well, but they've they they means they won't. They, they were they had tickets at um, London Welsh or London uh, or Richmond Rugby Club, so they won't they won't go. They won't have their corporate tickets there. They'll be taking clients to Brentford now, and that is to our advantage. That this is what the stadium allows the club to do now is to be taking six hundred pounds, you know, for their match day experience off of these people. Um, oh, no, I'm, the, so, I'm just saying to you, but should they have some sort of a card or they go through a sort of a, a, a system, you know, so, so when they come in, so we just say, right, you need to, you need to sing these songs immediately. They, they also they need to do the Brentford citizenship test, don't yes, they? Yeah, it. that is the point, right? Um, I'm not sure what questions would be in the Brentford citizenship test, but they should have to sit it. There'd be 30 questions. And, but they also have to, they've got to Who, sing songs to it, though, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they have to, they have to, some names of some songs. Who missed the penalty against Huddersfield in the, in the play, well, what two players, extra point, extra point for the second player who missed the penalties in the, in the playoffs against Huddersfield. Fin- finish this song. A goal, a goal is all we need, all we need. <laughs> oh, no, maybe they need to go on, the, all newcomers have to sing the famous Graham Taylor went to Rome to see the Pope and this is what he said. And then, 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 then the answer. <laughs> Just honestly, because to me, this is, this is what's going to set us aside from, listen, they could be corporate so they can come in, but they also have to sort of kind of be part of the bees you know they've got to be part of what we're about as well so it's no point coming in and sort of you know buying a sort of 30 quid burger you need to also it would be great if they all stood up in the seats and they started singing you know it was down in the town of Northampton you know what I'm saying they've got no right to sing that to me got honest with you you know so I mean I mean Ali what are your thoughts on that well, on seeing it on the, on the citizenship test or? well yeah just for the you know the corporates that are coming in they, they need to still be part of the rough and ready there don't they Yes, they do, but it, 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 it's part of modern football and modern football stadium, isn't it? I think. I think. Why, we could be, why can't Brentford be different? Our whole point is that we've got to be different. The, the citizenship test, the, you're right, the, the Brentford citizenship test is, is absolutely has to be done. Shall we, shall we, shall we, shall we poll for it? Shall we, 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 shall what do you think of half and half scarves? You know, or they try a scarf. Do you? Would you wear this to a game? And, and see what their answer is. If they say yes, they just take the seat off them and they just like, sit like, going down to Fulham. Because we got enough. You know, should this, you be allowed? Should you be allowed to bring drums in? I mean, would you like to bring a drum in? And if they say yes, no way. Because the thing is that we they fill that section anyway, so they can get rid of them and just get someone in easily, couldn't they? Yeah, um, I, I think this is this is very very important. We need to, yes, yeah, the way forward, the Brentford citizenship test. We should put it out there, get some ideas what needs to be in there. Bees, bees up. Yeah, exactly. If if somebody can't, it's a whole article. If somebody can't complete that, why the hell should they be allowed in the stadium? And the thing is. It's all right if they want to learn it. So if they say, "Okay, we'll turn up on a Tuesday night, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll be trained." Yeah, yeah, we can host sessions, can't we? Yeah, for the Brentford. Well, we can get loads of people to host the sessions. You know, younger, older. You know, the old school, eighties lot, seventies lot. Maybe this needs to take place during the halftime interval, where they they all, all newcomers are wheeled out, put into stocks. Peter Gillum asks the questions, and if they fail, they just get pelted. <laughs> but there's. 
I know we're laughing and we, you know, we're sitting down there, but these things are quite important because we obviously don't want our stadium to turn into Fulham FC. You know, where you've got these people that are wheeled in who have got no idea about your history. They're not singing the songs. They're not doing anything. They're eating their burgers and stuff, which is lovely. brings in income. But we want to make sure that we have got a cauldron at Griffin Park. So, listen, citizenship test uh, and all this other stuff, we're going to start pulling for this lot. And we hope we're going to get all you lot's support <laughs> out there so we get this in. But, listen, new stadium... Be positive about it. There are a lot of people are saying don't panic about it because there are a lot of seats still available. I know they're phasing it at the right times, but there are still plenty of seats available. Um, if you've got any queries, just just message or, or call into the, the people at the club and they'll be able to actually answer your questions as well. Um, if you want, if people can't afford a season ticket as well, because we've been discussing that because we had a lot of our mates we were trying to get in with us to see whether you know whether they want to sort of club in. And uh, they were saying, look, I, you know, I can't afford it at the time. And I think questions like that, that are important is that if you've bought an area with your mates, will your other mates who can't get season tickets be able to get in with you? And we can't answer that question at the time. I think the club are trying to work out how that will happen. But there are still a lot of unanswered questions because it's, it's, it's very early days. I just got the vibe that they're, they're happy to accommodate all kinds of questions. So if there's anything you're unsure of, just drop them a line. You know, I, I just ask. Don't don't worry about it too much. Um, if if you if you've got a concern, raise it now. Now's the right time to raise it, and then get yourself sorted. I, I don't think this fear of missing out is something that you you know we, we need to be a victim of. I think that there's there's space for everyone. It's not like we're moving into a smaller stadium. There, there's room for everyone that's currently at Griffin Park and more. So. You know, if you if you haven't been approached by the club, if you if you're unsure of when your turn is to be able to buy one, ask. Definitely ask. Well, we're going to be asking whether or not Brentford are going to be taking three points of Huddersfield on Saturday. So we're going to go over to Richard from He Takes That Chance podcast, the Huddersfield podcast, and he'll be giving us a little lowdown on the others. Hi, my name is Richard Kuzmala. Uh, I'm from Andy Takes That Chance podcast, uh, Go to Seal Town podcast. Uh, brief background for me. First game, 1983, I believe it was, New Year's Day. Pete Bradford's our local rivals, even though we haven't played it for ages now, were uh, 6-3. We got promoted later that season and uh, thought that was it. This is how football works. Uh, nice and... Uh, Nice and easy, really. <laughs> Success like that. Six goals for your first game, not bad at all. And then, yeah, pretty much uh, went with my dad until the new stadium. I think we moved in there in 1994. He kind of packed in going to the games, really, about 97, 98. And, but for me, it's just been religion since. So, yeah, I blame my parents for it, really, and that as well. <laughs> for it, my mum used to go a little bit as well. Yeah, we... I'd say the win at your uh, your stadium was probably our best performance of the season, really, as well. Great bit of a game plan, I know, much was said at the time, kind of about our kind of tactics and what have you. But we've got to remember when you know the cowards came in, others who were just leaking goals like a save and very easy to beat. Not much fight, to be honest with you. And uh, yeah, obviously scored a fantastic goal to win it. And our last game at Griffin Park was a, a great one for us, really, and that as well. Uh, just thought we were the better side on the day, really. Uh, didn't, you know, feel that at any point we were kind of threatened, really. And uh, 
Yeah, we saw the game out. You, you'll probably say that it wasn't one of our better performances, but it was ours, uh, one of ours, and, and probably the best one really as well. The Cowleys, uh, yeah, it's been quite a open, uh, quite a, a road really with the Cowleys. I'd have to say, as I talk to you at the moment, uh, things have just taken a little turn for the worst in the new year. Uh, to be honest, though, to be four points out of the relegation zone. From when they took over, for one point we had uh, after seven games is pretty phenomenal, really. Uh, he's managed to get, you know, reunite kind of a lot of the spirit uh, in the camp that had sadly gone. He's uh, bombed out three or four players from the Premier League, people like Terence Congolo, Milan Benza, Adama Diakabi. They won't play for this town again, so he's made some big decisions, really, on the way. Uh, it's given these guys a chance, to be honest with you, but uh, it's just not... Uh, just not part of the plans anymore so yeah uh, I think that's the big thing to say really he's uh, take, made some big brave decisions uh, and all for the future of the club really because it's killing us really with not having these guys I mean two of the guys are wingers uh, we haven't got a winger really on the books we sent a lad again another allegedly not doing it in training uh, Reese Brown's gone on to Peterborough so in effect the wingers that we've got <laughs> You know, he's uh, took a view on them really, and that's what. But all for the long-term benefit of the club. No one's bigger than the club, as you guys probably know. Uh, but yeah, obviously, Carlan Grant. Uh, even though again, he's dipped. I would say in the last month, but been a ph- phenomenal uh, uh, run of uh, goals for him. Uh, I just wonder at the moment. Again, you just don't know why is it dipped. Is he had his head turned by something? I don't know. But I mean, he was subbed off at half-time last week at Barnsley, which. Uh, you know, quite worrying really uh, didn't seem to be injured or anything like that as well so yeah uh, the guys have done uh, quite a lot of things with the uh, the public uh, I was there when the Cowleys did like kind of a microphone Q&A session uh, really great people uh, good you know good with the fans uh, very open very honest as well the interviews after for me they, they kind of matter really you can't fool your, your public can you and uh, a lot of the times they'll come and say it as it is, which is kind of refreshing, really. A lot of managers, in my opinion, uh, talk a lot of nonsense these days, but these guys say it as it is. I think the humble backgrounds obviously uh, give them a good grounding. Where's it going wrong for Huddersfield at the moment? Well, I, I, if you'd have asked me this question just as we uh, said goodbye to 2019, I'd say not a lot's wrong, really. we just beat them Blackburn, but Stoke City, we were... 2-1 up I think after about 55 minutes and then we ended up losing the game 5 goals to 2 uh, it was a strange game obviously James McLean chance and what have you won't go into that but yeah and, and I think a lot of people were kind of saying well it's uh, you know busy Christmas period the energy levels were down etc but since then it seems to have knocked a bit of our confidence uh, Southampton away in the cup we played our first team to be honest with you uh, Grant was on the bench but and they played pretty much a reserve junior team in the beaters. And that, that was a bit deflating, really. Uh, and then last week, probably the worst performance, I would say, with the Cowleys, especially the first half at Barnsley. A big game, obviously, down there with us. Big following from Huddersfield. I think we took 4,400. And the first half was as bad as you'll see. Some people were saying it's as you know bad for, for many years. And we've had some pretty stinking performances, I'd say, in the last 18 months. But, yeah... I think the thing that worried me most of all was uh, there was a post-match interview with Fraser Campbell, obviously an experienced pro, been there, seen it, done it, and he was uh, talking about the effort not being there in the first half. Now, very honest of him to say it, but pretty uh, 
damning, really. I thought we'd gone past that. I thought we'd kind of sorted, uh, you know, kicked out the people who were not putting in the effort and moved them on, etc. But clearly not on that evidence. So that, that kind of was a bit of an eye-opener to me. So the last thing, really, we want to be playing is uh, you. I watched your game against QPR uh, last week. And, uh, yeah, I know it was a local derby and things are different. But, wow, that first half, uh, and then what we served up in the first half, dearie me, I think I might come with a blindfold on uh, Saturday, really, as well. So, it looks like, as I speak to you at the moment, we've definitely signed two guys in the window. Richard Steerman, a centre-half experienced. We've needed that, so that's good. Uh, Emil uh, Smith-Rowe from Arsenal is kind of an attacking midfielder. We've lacked creativity. I'm excited to see what this boy can deliver, but he's only young. So, we can't expect too much, to be honest with you. Uh, and at the moment, uh, we're, we're being linked uh, with a guy, I don't know much about him, uh, called King. Uh, again... I think, I think he's a wide man. I could be totally wrong there, so I won't go. I won't mention him because yeah, he's not signed. But yeah, so potentially three new faces in for the weekend, which is good. Uh, yeah, how we're going to set up? To be honest, uh, a lot will depend on the new signings, really. Uh, whether the you know the Cowleys feel fit to throw them straight in, it's a big ask, really. But as bad performance was so poor last week you wouldn't be surprised to see anything really you know on there we've I mean Steve Mounier came on as a sub against Barnsley he uh, has been doing quite well to be honest in recently in the last month and that as well wouldn't be surprised at all to see me sorry to see him start up uh, up there maybe with Fraser Campbell I don't think Grant will, will be involved in the, certainly the first 11 on Saturday could be wrong but I think he'll be on the bench uh, midfield, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, kind of sets it up. I'd like to see Smith Rowe get a game, to be honest with you, and that as well. I think we need that attacking, you know, kind of edge, especially at home as well. But obviously, yeah, I'm not. If you come kind of with a positive attitude, which I probably will do, uh, then yeah, it might be. I'm just hoping that we, we have a go, really, to be honest with you. At home, we need to entertain, but I think it'd be a bit wary and kind of foul power, really, in that as well, to see what we do. Obviously, Ollie Watkins, cracking player. Uh, if you've done well, obviously, so far to keep hold of him in the window. Don't want to jinx it, but yeah, I think if you've any intentions of certainly getting in the playoffs, maybe even top two, to be honest with you, where uh, Leeds is wobbling a little bit uh, up here, a bit of one or two panic uh, comments coming out, but yeah, why not? Uh, so yeah, no, really like watching uh, him play and what he's about, really, and that as well. So, yeah, I think if you come with a positive attitude, it'd be interesting to see how we set up. I'd like to see fire with fire. Let's have a bit of a shootout eh? and uh, may the best team win. Uh, score prediction poof, after last week. I'd like to think that, you know, at least we can. I mean, I think I said this to before when we played you down at Griffin Park I think I predicted you to win so and look how that turned out so I'm going to go with that again a bit of reverse psychology but really should should be only one win at the moment with a form of the two teams so I'd say maybe 2-1 two, two, Brentford but yeah it's uh, it's a tough run of fixtures for us starting Saturday wish you guys all the best So that's Richard from He Takes That Chance podcast and he was uh he was a little bit down on the Hudders. I mean, the last time we played him, he was, uh, like I said to you, he, he was realistic at the time, he thought, because he thought that, you know, there's no way that they're going to get a result, and they got a result out of them. Fair play to them, they actually played really well, I thought. You know, they did an absolute job on us, and uh, 
you know, that's that's what happened. We, and we, we lost that game and we shouldn't have done in, in the middle of a really good run. But we're coming back now. We're playing Huddersfield again. We're on a middle of a really good run. We're, I think we're a lot better side than we play them now. And I think what will be very interesting is to see how much better we are at seeing out games and playing games. And uh, I think, as, as, as Thomas Frank said earlier, it's making sure that when we go to places like this, we just don't lose. Because beforehand, we'd move, lose a game that we shouldn't have maybe. You know, So it's going to places like Huddersfield and making sure we don't lose. And if we should do, nicking a win. I mean, looking at the characteristics there, the Allard. I mean, they're very good you know, creative individuals. So they've got some very good players, very good creative players as well, creating chances through through balls. So, you know, it's trying to stop these players playing their game. Um, but, you know, they're, you know, they're not great at defending against skillful players. So, you know, that is where we come into our own, especially when we're fast on the break as well, protecting the lead as well. If they go ahead, they, they often lose the lead as well. Defending set pieces, um, they're weak as well, but also individual errors. They make a lot of errors, and especially recently, if you spoke to Richard there, he said in the last few weeks, they just have not been on the money at all. In principle, this is a game that we should be able to take by the scruff of our neck. Yeah, spot on. I mean, he said that I think that the last game was their worst performance of the season, um, if not for, for even, even, he was talking about some years. Um, and... and I think from Huddersfield, what's worrying is that it appears to be because of a lack of effort. I don't really know what that suggests. Um, whether the players who probably, you know, you know, they've been relegated from the Premier League, they're probably on good money and stuff like that. I would imagine the Cowleys work them hard. I, I, you just wonder what's going on there at the moment. Um, so, you know, they're, they're there to be got at. There's no doubt about it. You, you, you've got to think that we're aiming for a win the only thing that worries me a little bit is that what was the result what was the game before we last played them when they beat us in the league any ideas what the result was in the game before we last played them in the league we, I think we, we won was the 3-1 was it we won 3-1 against QPR <laughs> ok uh, the Allard's done his research then as well and also interesting they talk about Colin Grant who's like I said to a player that we were looking to buy up it might be this time last year even uh, or is it two years ago but Carlin Grant was a player looking to buy it he's really really good you know be great backup striker for us if we were to have him on the bench but um, apparently he's not happy and the rumour is that he's actually put in a transfer request he got substituted off last week and they said he wasn't injured so they're saying they don't know what's going to be happening there so whether or not he's even going to be playing on Saturday is a question so it doesn't everything doesn't seem to be alright in the Huddersfield camp at the moment Lady. no go back to what we said pretty much earlier on we're, we're the form team in the division at the moment we, we, we've got not a lot to worry about unless our form goes out the window um, we just need to just concentrate on doing the good things well we hope there's no um, uh, injuries we hope that there's no uh, lack of form and we hope we take our chances we know that we're going to create them um, we've just got to make sure we take them so I'm gonna, I, I think we're going to win 3-1 Alley. I mean, the Huddersfield on Saturday, this is a really key game because if we continue to win or not lose, it just goes to show you that we're, the momentum is still there and we're not losing any space on the, on the teams around us. Yeah, I, I, It's a sort of game that is quite a potential banana skip for us. It's the sort of game that historically we have 
struggle to win, you know, long trip up north, um, playing against a team that we know are going to be aggressive, that are going to get in our faces, are, are going to break up play, um, aren't going to give us much time on the ball. Um, but I think we're, strong, we're stronger than that now. I think we, we, we're better at working out how to deal with these teams. And I'm, I'm looking, just looking through Huddersfield's strengths and weaknesses. And um, their weaknesses, one of them is defending against skillful players. So, you know, that, that gives me an awful lot of help, hope, hope with um, Ben Rahman and Brembo on that. On our books. Um, as long as Hogg, I mean, you've got Hogg in the midfield as well, who's properly yeah. aggressive, though. So if yeah. he starts kicking us about the place, you know what I'm saying? And that's uh, how do we protect against that? Absolutely. We, we need a strong ref, don't we? We need a strong ref who's going to protect those skillful players. Um, I think, but I think, you know, Norgard has come on so much since that last game against Huddersfield. I mean, he is, I mean, I think for me, he's, he's the player around which everything else, he make, he's what makes us tick. He's almost. He's a very different type of player, but he's almost the way Sawyer's used to be. Very, so he makes us tick, and I think it. I think he'll break up the play, and I think I think he'll. He's got a really key role to play on Saturday. I mean, I'm just coming back to this, and we're going to go around the table again and get a few uh, predictions. I know Laney's just give his. I know that we say that Huddersfield aren't doing particularly great, but at the end of the day, we need to be on the money because this this this, this division. Like I said to you, and this is what this is why we love this division. To be quite honest with you, we're trying to get out of it. I mean, somebody said to us the other day, they said that this is the hardest division to get get out of because the top three is three places, so it's really hard to get those three places and get out of this division because it's really tough. You've got all these teams putting money into it. When you get to the Premier League, you've got three teams actually at the bottom. You've got other 17 teams who basically don't get relegated. So it's kind of like you know. <laughs> You've got to be quite bad to get relegated out of the Premier League, whereas you've got to be quite good to get out of the Championship. If that is, if that kind of makes sense. You're saying there's nowhere you can't get promoted anymore, no. so you can only get. There's only, it's only one way that's down. Exactly, you know what I'm saying. So it's a, it's a, it's quite a tough league this one. So it's great. So Huddersfield, mate, they made a bad time, but we need to be on the money against this lot on Saturday. So um, just coming back round to it, the Allard. Seriously, how do you think it's going to pan out on Saturday? I think we're going to win 2-0. Um, I've just got this confidence at the moment that we're unstoppable. And there will be a point There will be a point in the next so many games where I feel differently. But I just feel at the minute, if we play to our strengths, we're going to beat anybody. And I said this about QPR. I, you know, in the last podcast, we talked about wanting it and all that rubbish we're a better team than they are and we're a better team than Huddersfield are so 2-0 I mean Laney you gave your score prediction yeah, I, I just think the players are going to be really really excited I mean as Alan said it's not about up for it you know um, it's only been two or three games arguably all season where we've not been at the races um, I, I, th- I honestly think the players are just they're, they're, ca- they're counting down the days I would have thought at the moment I'm sure the games can't come round quick enough for them I think they're probably as potty for it as the fans are. So, and, and, and just that point because it's, it's just interesting, and it's, I know we're sort of going off a bit of tangents here. But you said that they're potty for it; they can't wait for it. I mean, we're in the transfer window here, and it's interesting. We've had a podcast, and we've actually not even talked about transfers or people potentially leaving or coming. And is that the reason why we've done that? Is because we just feel that we're in an equilibrium where we are just going to keep it as it is. And that's a, that's a brilliant point. Yeah, you know, I, I actually try to think of the, the reasons why. It couldn't go the way we hope on Saturday, and that was injuries, or we didn't take our chances. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even cross my mind to mention Saeed Ben Rama being sold between now and then, 
it, it could happen. It, we could lose all three of them. It's not going to. I don't. We could. But what you point, as you said, is that they look very happy. What is interesting is that side Ben Rama even even he, 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 there's a quote from him today where there's a sort of mini interview and side Ben Rama never says anything. And there's an interview with him today, um, just later on, later on this evening, where he said something like, you know, the team's in a really good place at the moment. And I thought that was quite poignant coming from him as a person who we always thought his mind was always in another place. He always thought, where am I going to go? Am I going to be at Villa? Am I going to be at Chelsea? You know, so for him to be saying something like that, you could see that something has flipped, which a lot of that has come down to our results. And what... Uh, the, what they just negotiated a bonus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and what and what? But what the team? What, what, what I think is really important about that is that um, a lot of the time we come up to the January window and we're really nervous about who we may or may not lose, or players that we may or may not lose, or players we may or may not buy, because we always said that Phil Giles said, "Listen, if we're doing really well, bang, we're going to have it, and if we're not, but the fact is that what we're doing now, we're doing, re- we are doing really well, so we don't think that the players are going to leave, Ali." Is <laughs> it? Yeah. Um, I have, I have, I, I often have bad feelings before games. Quite often, they're not realised these days. Um, I think it could be another Millwall away. I'm sorry, I really do. It's just fine, I, but you know, but what? And why do you think that? Just because we've been on such a good run, it can't go forever. Exactly that, and I, I'm by nature naturally pessimistic. So uh, I always feel that if I'm pessimistic about what's going to happen in a game, I can only be pleasantly surprised. So um, I have a feeling it'll be a Huddersfield might get an early goal, one nil, and we'll have an extra of five hundred and two point three, and somehow not score. I've just got a feel, I've just got a feeling. Oh, I'm really sorry, and I I so hope I'm wrong. And my heart says we're going to win ten nil, but my my head says. I think it's one we're going to slip up. And again, that's fair enough. And this is the kind of game that we might struggle against. For me, I think two 0 to Brentford. I think that we've learned to see out games, and I think we're, you know we just we're just doing you know we're just doing the business, you know. But at the moment, like I said to you, it's nice that we're all in a positive place. We're all sitting around here. No, but Ali's. But you're in a positive place overall because we're talking about getting to the end of the season. We're all positive here. We're playing some great football. We're sitting around here. Billy Grant, I've got the Allard, I've got the Laney, I've got um, the Ali Malali sitting here in the Georgia Fourth. They've taken absolutely fantastic care of us. Don't forget, 1st of May, the uh, end of season social. We've got two fantastic players and we're going to get a few more. And it's really good. Book your hotel, book all, everything. And don't forget, we're going to have the... Brentford citizenship test on the website before the end of the week. We're going to have some fun with this one. Yes, we do. We're going to send it all to all the rugby clubs in the area. And if they, anyone rugby player wants to get a season ticket with us, which is fine, we love you to come there, but you've got to take the Brentford citizenship test, or if not, you have to go on a course, a citizenship course yes. as well. It's going to be at least a week where you'll be singing and dancing and you, you know all the Brentford songs by the end of it. You know. But like I said to you, we've had great fun tonight. It's been really good. Uh, other than that, Pride of West London, just check us out. But we're going to go to Huddersfield. We're going to go to Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.